Wow. Yeah. Does that have that has a whiffer? Robot voice because of thick yeah. and dark looking. It looks you put a lot of oxygen into the fermenting yeast, they go aerobic and they start multiplying. Great American ale off. But I don't want to drink a bunch of American ales. Cause of death. Dun dun dun. It tastes worse than Bud Light. Straight <laughs> up ten. Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. I'm your host, Adam. Today we have Ed Ray1416. Hello. Hello, Ed Ray. How are you today? Let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. Today's beer of the day is not the mama. IPA. It's a hazy, juicy IPA at 7.3% in outcome by volume. It was, uh, it's brewed by Buckskin, Buxton Brewing Company in Needleland, Texas. Now, there's not much on this. This came in a, um, in a very uh, canny can of can type of can. It's, it's, it's just a can with a label. So there's not really a, a – I, I could have done a little bit of more research on what's in this, but instead I'm going to let my, let my palate – try to discover what's in this beer. So here I go, Edray1416. Uh, you know what? As soon as I pop the top, one thing about these hazies that Buxton makes, I noticed the last time I, uh, in the last episode, it happened as well. Man, the smell of the hops come through. This is, a, this is low IBUs at 35. But the, the, the smell, the aroma is so... Is so powerful. This is a very, this is a very thick looking beer too. This is the haziest of the hazy beers that they've had. This is the most hazy beer. Uh, their last one was a hazy as well, but it was not as hazy as this one. This one's like really cloudy and thick looking. Let's uh let's try this. Not the Mama IPA. Very interesting. It this tastes like orange juice. 100% tastes like mild pulp-free orange juice, very orangey. Not the mama. Some people were saying that they tasted coconut in uh in this beer, but I think they're full of shit. <laughs> I think the people that said that there was uh orange juice in this beer are pretty much they're pretty much full of malarkey let's see let's see what untapped had to say about this beer if we can bring it up untapped come on now come on ain't saying nothing ain't saying nothing give me some of this uh fuck where's not the mama at everyone's drinking the other one everyone's drinking the other beer i need not the mama not no not money please not not that one not that one, not that one, not 10 point buck. We did that last time. Not that. Come on. Where is not the mama? There it is. Not the mama. Click on that mother effer. Click on this mother effer. No, it doesn't say nothing. It doesn't say that anything's in this. Very disappointing. I'm disappointed in the advertising of this beer. Anyways, not the mama. What does uh, not the mama remind you of, Ed Ray? Oh, what I know. 
Damn it, Ed Ray. Why do you sound uh, upset? Wish I could tell you. Okay. Man, I haven't seen you, man. We, we, we haven't seen each other in a while. I haven't done a, we haven't done a uh, episode in a week. And, uh, yeah, where were you last week? Where? For opinions and beer, where were you last time? I didn't get a memo. Oh, I think I, uh, I can't remember what happened. I think I was just uh, busy with trying to get back to work. I had to spend $125 just for a piece of paper. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever spent $125 to go back to work, Ed Ray? No, because I've been blackballed. Yeah, see, so whenever you spend $125 to go back to work, your your brain gets fried and you forget uh what the hell you're what's what's going on in life because and you And then just, you and then you turn green and become the incredible Adam. Yes. <laughs> Are you mad? Adam smash paper. <laughs> I do smash paper. I did interview uh I I did get a, a quick interview with a uh, Hotbox director Brandon Rhinus cuz his uh his movies on Amazon Prime right now. So I, I I did a quick little interview with him while I drank uh, that hazy uh the buck hazy. Uh but that's about it man. Yeah, like I I've uh I've just been so overwhelmed with all this coronavirus and lockdown stuff and everybody else is just so so busy and they're not really focused on like uh on just random entertainment like they used to be. Well, that's the problem when something like this gets overexposed, it changes people's minds over time. It does, man. It does. I think when everything goes back to normal and the and the and the bands are lift and everyone's going back to normal, I think the show will start to flow a little better again. Uh, that is if people don't commit suicide first. Oh yeah, that's a big thing. A lot of oil, a lot of oil field workers are losing their jobs right now. Ed Ray, today apparently, and not not only oil field workers. You know who else is losing their jobs? Fucking WWE superstars. Even though they're essential workers now, they all. A hundred of them have lost their jobs. A hundred, a hundred WWE employees were fired today. Yeah, we don't know the full story on this. So as time goes along, we're going to find out the full list of the 100 people that got released. I know it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of people, man. A lot of a uh, backstage talent fit. Finley was finally released. Fit, uh, fit Finley got released. That's got to that's be serious. <laughs> yeah, my, con- my concern is whether Cesaro is released or not because we don't know the story on that yet. No, I don't think he's, he's going to be released. Well, he's one of the most useless talent right now on the show. Uh, but I think w- I think, I think Vince McMahon is going to see he's still – I think Paul Heyman will talk Vince McMahon out of getting rid of Cesaro. Well, if Cesaro gets released, good for him. Because in 90 <laughs> days, he can go back to, uh, well, we'll see if anybody has a job within 90 days. But if independent wrestling does come back within 90 days, he'll have a spot in independent wrestling again. Yeah. Man, Ed Ray, did you think that this was going to uh, uh, be so long? Dude, I already said that it's going to go on until July. So July? Possible- yeah, that's why. Yeah, I've been very – Serious about saying this for a long time. It's going to go on until July. Why is the government doing this to us, Ed Ray? Because of so much fear going on right now. And they're saying that they won't have a vaccine available until 
July, as early as July or, or as late as 2022. So we're, we're in trouble one way or another. <laughs> 20, they said 2022. Yeah. I found an article saying that there's a possibility that if there is not a vaccine in time, this could go on until 2022 as far as social distancing, distancing is concerned. So, these lockdowns could go on for a good long while. A year? Risking bankruptcy. Yeah, risking bankruptcy in the country and all over the world. This is some heavy stuff. Maybe maybe they are getting us ready for uh, socialism. Yeah, and it's Marxist socialism. Nothing else. This is crazy. This is nuts. This feels like such a conspiracy, Ed Ray. I feel like, I feel like someone's trying to screw me. This is why we need fascism instead of socialism. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't lean too far uh, one side or the other. <laughs> I, I feel like there's good medium, good medium somewhere. <laughs> Where is this good medium? If you can find it, it's because capitalism ain't working. I don't know. Maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Ed Ray. It's just worrisome. It's worrisome to have to deal with all this. Oh, you got that right. At least, at least I'm an essential pl- employee, I guess, and I still have a job, even though it's uh, even though it's, it's kind of risky for you. It is. Every time I go out there, I might get coronavirus. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I think I think you already had it, uh, Ed Ray. What coronavirus? When weren't you really weren't you really sick in like December or something? I thought it was influenza. Oh, I don't know, but there was because the, they've been saying that this has been out since uh, September of last year. That's well, it. I might have. I don't know. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have any signs of shortness of breath. Um, I don't know, man. They're they're saying that a lot of people may have already may have already had it, and they're probably already immune to it. Well, I hardly go anywhere, so that is true. What's it? What? What's it like? Have you been going to stores, or are you staying at home? Well, I did go to Walmart one time because I had a twenty-five dollar gift card to Walmart, and it was very different in Walmart because I went inside. They had one door open with the rail to divide ingoing and outgoing customers, and I was required to take a cart into Walmart even though I was just going for four items. Yeah, four items that I could have easily carried by hand, and then yeah. they had these pads with these arrows where you follow stuff in case there was a big line and uh, you need to get some stuff in those aisles, but not everybody used those pants because it was very light that morning. <laughs> well, anyway, I got me some green tea and some raw, uh, raw honey, a two pack deal of butter and a box of uh, cheese crackers for $24. But the one thing that was very interesting were the lines, you know, you had these markers. These were six-speed markers for every customer that was checking out on the lines. And then when I got to the uh, marker where the checkers are, uh, the checker had a window yeah. separate to separate the customer from the checker. <laughs> That's then, everywhere. That's everywhere, dude. The, all these fucking checkers have windows now, but some of them are so. Some of these windows are so stupid. It literally blocks nothing. Like where. <laughs> There's there's a window over at uh the Kroger on uh at one of the Krogers in Beaumont, man. And it's literally it blocks 
not a single damn thing. <laughs> it's, it's the most useless window I've ever seen at one of these stores so far. But yeah, it's crazy that all these stores need. Yeah, that. well, after yeah, after dealing with the checker, then I had to go out, make sure my hands were clean before going outside, and then I ended up giving back the cart to the uh, to the associates, and then I went about. That was it. Now I did I did see some customers that had mask and rubber gloves on then there were some that didn't have it but i kept my distance and i didn't talk to anybody but you see so you see what's happening though you see that that uh these oil field workers and oil these these jobs are shutting down but guess what jobs are increasing these gro- grocery stores these big big walmarts and chains man the fucking people that try to run that's what they do. They want they want us all to work for the fucking WalMarts and Targets and fucking Kroger's, man, and HEB. That's where that's where they want us to work. They don't want us to work in oil anymore. Oil is for uh, polluters or whatever. They all want us. Well, to work uh, in- let me ask you this: If we don't have any oil, then where are they going to get their electricity from? No, apparently, hey, apparently we're stockpiled now. Did you see that? We 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 are fucking. Apparently, we're like super stockpiled on oil right now. Well, I guess the, I guess if anything, America could be transitioning from uh, petroleum oil to hemp oil for electricity, and if that's the case, that's good because that'll clean up the air significantly. Yeah, ah, it's just so crazy. And you see that Walmart's uh, apparently apparently some uh, Walmart's trying to start paying some people twenty bucks an hour. Mm, that's way too high for an average <laughs> worker. Is that, but that's what that's what I'm saying, Ed Ray. That's what I'm saying. They're like trying to trying to swoop in. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't understand what's going on. Basically at some point everybody in the world's gonna work for a grocery store and Well that's kind of retarded. I mean you might as well have the government paying people <laughs> money to grow their own food in their backyard. Because I have because I'm not seeing any money coming in my Wait, backyard. How did how, how did you buy Oh no no! You bought, you bought a uh, fruit or something. No, but there was some fresh fruit over at Walmart. I saw it as I was passing by to get the green tea, raw honey, oh, okay. uh, two pack butter, and a box of cheese crackers. No, I was told, I was told that you can't buy, uh, what's it called anymore? You can't buy like seeds to grow to grow stuff. Well, I already had that handled before the coronavirus situation got out of control and before stores started outlawing it. Yeah, but what, yeah, see, what, what's your opinion on people outlawing buying seeds? Well, if you can't buy seeds at your local Walmart, then the best thing you got to do is contact your local garden center and see if there are any seeds available. And if that's not the case, then you go to the internet because the internet will sell seeds. But are, but are garden centers uh, essential? Well, technically they are because if you're operating a farm, you got to have some crops that are already ready to grow because not every farmer is going to grow from seed. Okay. And even so, farmers are going to need fruit trees. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I think garden centers, local garden centers, are considered essential business. Therefore, you can get seeds over there. And if you can't get seeds at your local garden center, you can go on the internet because that's considered essential. Oh, 
I just don't so know. For what everybody the... living in an apartment or a penthouse, I'm going to feel sorry for you guys on the long run in case uh, the worst case scenario happens. Oh, what? We all blow up and die? Or you just starve to death because you have no land to grow food on. Starve to death? I can eat ants. Haven't you ever... You better learn to hunt birds. Birds? Haven't you ever seen people eat ants before? It's protein. So are roaches. Well, I'm not going to eat a roach. Roach carries diseases. That's why you fry them, just like the Africans do. They don't fry roaches. They fry crickets. And millworms. So fry... What? And millworms. You're going to fry those? Yeah, dude, I've, I've eaten, I've eaten fried crickets and mealworms. Those are good stuff. Text joy, man, the fucker. Uh, that's good. <laughs> oh god. Oh, Ed Ray, I got, I got, a, I got a lot to talk to you about today. All right, got, let's get to it. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I've got, we, we've got two subjects to talk about. Before we get to what I want to talk about, which is something really stupid, so we'll save that. We'll say. We'll save that for the end. Uh, Ed Ray, is it true that you released a book? Yes, I did. Tell us. I want you to tell us about that book, Ed Ray. Tell the listeners about your book. Basically, this book is about permaculture gardening on a shoestring budget. A lot of people have been investing in compost and uh, mulch like cedar mulch or red mulch or every variable of mulch out there. And some have been purchasing truckloads of uh, mulch from the tree services that are looking to get rid of that stuff. But what if you cannot afford to get, get some of that stuff? I mean, if you have trees on your own property and you have leaves falling down every autumn, or if you have pine needles that are coming off the tree, you can collect that stuff and build up to it until you're ready to start your own garden. And basically what happened, what is happening, happening currently with this uh, farming crisis going on, whether there's depleted soil or food shortages in general, what you can do is gather some of the stuff that you may actually have on your property that's already there for free, and then you can save up some of that stuff and then get whatever materials you can on a shoestring budget like cardboard, break down the cardboard and then lay it on the ground while it's dormant out there, meaning no grass growing or anything because of very cold conditions. and uh, that's how you basically start a garden, you know, laying down the uh, cardboard and then putting down some pine needles or some leaves or something and then let it rain for a couple of months. And then as you let that sit for a couple of months during the dormant period, then you go ahead and get stick mulch and then just layer the main part of the garden, layer the leaves or the, uh, or the pine needles with stick mulch. And then by the time spring comes around the corner, that garden is ready. All you got to do is pull back the material, then start tilling your rows, plant your seeds, and then do a little light cover until the seeds are growing. And then when the plants get tall enough, you go ahead and put the full cover back on. And then by next time it rains, the moisture is going to be held for a good long time. And pretty much you're going to get nutrients out of those materials every time it rains or you water. And that's basically how you do a permaculture garden on a strew string budget. The purpose is to try to get rain and hold the rain water. That way you don't have to water regularly. 
Wait, wait. It's called. Wait, say, say, say that first word again. Permaculture. 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 I can't find it on Amazon. Is on is it on Amazon? Lulu.com. Damn it. Why is it on Lulu.com? Everyone go to Lulu.com and find a permaculture garden on a shoestring budget. We'll try to include some links uh, when it, wherever we can. But, Ed Ray, you need to get this on, um, on Amazon. Well, I'd like to find a way to connect it from Lulu to Amazon. Oh, is, is, that, is that a possibility? There's a possibility, but I have to get an ISBN number to register to it. ISBN number. How to get, how to get, let's see, purchase your ISBN. No, I have to purchase one for like 18 bucks. It's 18 bucks. Some shit. ISBN. You can find the ISBN number of a book by visiting that book's Amazon page. Nope. So that don't work. That's wrong. Uh, we need to ask, um, you know, who, you know, who's a perfect person to ask the guy that played uh, Satan in, uh, in that movie we did, uh, PVP Players versus Fillmore. Yeah, dude, we need to ask him because his wife, his or his late wife, um, R.I.P. Uh, his late wife uh, made books, and they were on Amazon. You know, she she was a big time bookseller on Amazon. So I maybe think, he'll give me some information on that way. I can connect my Lulu to Amazon, and everything will be fine because it's a pain to purchase. I mean, it's a pain to try to publish a book on Amazon alone. Oh, is it? Basically, if I can try to network my Lulu, the book to Lulu from Lulu to Amazon, then odds are I could make a sale. The, uh, well, what what makes it hard to uh, to do that? What makes it hard to just publish uh, straight to Amazon? The basic guidelines, the amount of pages they want, etc. Oh, they want a certain because, amount. Of- yeah, because my book is short, sweet, and to the point. How, how many pages is it? Well, on uh, Lulu, it's 48 pages. That's not too bad. Look, look how much for fucking, um, uh, what's that fucking dude's, uh, oh, I just, I, I promoted that guy's book. What was that book he did? Uh, um, not Second Chance, not Second Chance by Betrayal. Uh, how, how to, uh, fuck, black man. Something about black people. Uh. Where's his book? I know he gave me a book. Anyways, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Published a book. Uh, the guy that I made, uh, Terrence, Terrence Smith. Terrence Smith published a book, and it was like 10 pages, and I know it's on Amazon. I know he published it through. He has it on. Man, uh, Terrence has his book on Walmart.com. So I, I don't know how he did that. Yeah, if I can get my book on Walmart.com after getting an ISBN registered to my book, then odds are I can make a good amount of money selling it at Walmart. I mean, ISBNs are only eighteen bucks. Didn't you get a? Did you get a um, that stim- a stimulus check? I wouldn't know. I haven't worked in years. I've been blackballed. Remember? Your mom probably got. Tell your mom to give you your the five hundred dollars that uh, was attached to you. Because every everyone everyone that gets money back gets five hundred dollars for uh, dependents. 
something like that. Well, it's probably too late because the bills have been paid. Okay. Well, shoot, shoot. Well, next time you get twenty bucks, it's like yeah, because like it's like eighteen eighteen ninety nine for uh for an ISBN number apparently. So just get that uh get that freaking ISBN number and and you can start selling it everywhere, I guess. But I, I I'm telling you, I feel like you should be able to. Um. Oh. Well, I've been working pretty hard to try to market the book, but it's not easy. Not in oh. these times. Where have you uh, marketed to? Using social media. I mean, I should try to consider using paid advertisement on social media at some point. It's going to cost me money, and it's going to cost me a lot of time. Yeah, that's that's almost too much money to be investing. Aren't you? Uh, are you a part of any um, groups on Facebook, Ed Ray? You should really probably try to join some like uh, gardening groups on uh, on Facebook to promote it, or just like. No, you know, maybe beginning beginner gardeners. That way, you're you're marketing towards people who are trying to start out new. Because obviously, obviously, you can't market your book is for a very niche audience. It's uh, basically for people that don't know how to start a garden and want to get into it. So you can't sell you can't sell your book to gardeners because they already know what to do. You well, not all of them. You see, I mean, this book is for all types of gardeners out there especially the experienced ones because they have been gardening for a long time, but not everybody has the answers to how to sustain because they've been tilling and they've had, they've been having to constantly pull weeds every single day to a point where they don't have the energy to do it anymore. And my book can help those experienced gardeners experience a little bit easier time to grow their own food. So it's, this is going to be pretty tough to do, but I should try to, find some groups and see if I can market that book while keeping my Facebook account private. Now is, is Ed Ray, is Ed Ray your pseudonym on, uh, on Lulu or do you, you use your real name? Uh, it's my real name, obviously, because oh. if you're going to be a credible author. You got to have a real name. Uh, Stephen King is not his real name. I, I bet you. He went under some pseudonyms before, but he's always used Stephen King for the most part. <laughs> maybe, well, let's see. Maybe 90% of his books have been Stephen King, and the other 10 have been something else. Let's see. Here we go. Permaculture gardening on a shoestring budget. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy this here linked. I'm going to save it somewhere so I can post it. Uh, you published this March 30th. So, I mean, this was just a, this was 15 days ago. It's been out 15 days. Any, uh, any buyers yet? No, I mean, I've been getting interest from people, but <sighs> um, like no. I said, the times are tough and people are having to use the stimulus to pay their bills. Damn. Well, that's, that just is what it is. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to post it on my personal page and I'm going to, I'll share it. I'll share it on the beer guys and I'll, uh, I'll try to throw some promotion at it. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to um, uh, share it on my personal page right this second support. Ed Ray. Okie dokie. Good stuff. And, and of course, if anybody goes to the link and uh, looks at the book, previews are available just in the event that you want to, get an idea of what the book is about. And if you're convinced that this book is worth investing in, buy it. Hell yeah. Hell if yes. You don't, if you don't, yeah. If you do not provide a preview, then how are you going to get the people interested in buying the book? 
<sighs> Today's so stressful, man. A lot of people are shutting down. At least, at least you're able to sit there and you're able to make a gardening book to help people. Hey, you need to learn to make food if you're going to starve, you know? You know, if, if, the, if the thing, if the end of times come and we have to go off the grid, you need to know how to make a garden and you're going to help these people and you're, and, it, and it's cheap. It's seven bucks. Okay. It's seven bucks to learn how to garden. I mean, that's ingenious. You're, you're a genius Ed Ray for uh, publishing this book at this time. Well, I want the people to know that if the grid goes down, they got something to read. I mean, a physical copy is going to be more important than now than ever before. I mean, you can have a digital copy all you want of whatever you read, but when it comes to hard times, like uh, losing internet access or basically going off the grid forcefully because of the situation going on, you're going to have something very valuable. Dude, oh, what the fuck is this? Some of Lulu's production facilities are experiencing delays due to COVID-19 closures and trap. Ed Ray, you need to get a different, you need to get another, uh, you need to get on Amazon because Lulu this, this message right here is going to turn people off. The fact that it takes an extra couple of weeks, couple, it's like weeks to get the book. So uh, that's, that, that's already going to turn well, people off. Well, you want to know why that is the case? Because Lulu is being overwhelmed with demands because people are looking for books on off-grid survival and other situations out there. I mean, this is kind of a big deal, just like the grocery stores. Yeah. Oh, man, I, it's just so crazy. And the fact that all this is happening, and on top of that, we got uh, TV 22.4 just went went dark today. They, today was our last uh, episode. They couldn't get enough um, adver- advertisers to pay for their bills. And so it's just uh, I'm seeing businesses close down, Ed Ray. I'm seeing companies close because of all this, because advertisers right now, like people around, uh, they're they're losing money, so they're not they're too scared to invest in people and advertise and whatnot. They don't want to spend no money because they don't know what's going to happen with the market. And so, I mean, it's just uh, we're gonna start we're gonna see a lot of closures, and it's really sad because some things just opened. There's you know there's restaurants in our hometown that just opened, and I can only imagine that they're probably uh, not doing the numbers that they should be doing for brand new businesses. You know. So I don't know what to think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to survive. The only, I think what sucks about this whole situation and you know, who survives this, the big, the big companies, the corporations, once again, as its finest corporations are going to survive this and all the little men, all the, all the, all the family, family owned stuff and all that. They're going to, they're going to take. So they're going to take losses, big, big losses. This is why, this is why the, uh, Central banks and the stock market need to be abolished because our economy should not revolve around interest and what goes on on Wall Street. That's I don't just. Think, I I'm I I think, Ed Ray, this is a hot take. I believe in total isolation. That's right, Ed Ray. I'm admitting that I'm an isolationist. Well, I'm not saying that's bad at all. I mean, you're an isolationist. I'm a fascist, but we can agree on one thing: corporatism is rotten. It is corporatism is rotten. But I think it's I think it's because the the dollar is so skewed, Ed Ray. I feel like if we could isolate ourselves and not uh, not trade, 
I don't want to trade with no other country. I don't want to share money. I don't want to give them money. I don't owe them money. I don't want them to owe me money. That's, that's the concept of fascism right there. You know, keep, keep your products for your own people, you know, make your own country about your own people rather than pandering to foreign countries. Well, the thing is when, when all this happens, you know, it's like, if we could just keep everything at home and not have to trade and have to like do some sort of all this gold standard, you know, the, the, this, uh, this uh, equity, the equity of gold, you know, transitioning from paying people from other countries, it just takes, takes such a hit, takes such a toll on our, on the dollar. It lowers the, it lowers the value of the dollar. This has been going on since 1913 with the formation of the Federal Reserve. They manipulate the dollar. They jack up interest on everything you purchase. And then when the times are good, they start to take in all that money from Wall Street. And then that's how recessions begin because the banks are in charge of everything. If you get rid of the central bank, then the stock market eventually will go away. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> what do we, what do we do at Ray? How can this change? Well, it has to change by people actually making protest against all that is going on with the government right now. And then it would have to take president Trump a lot of courage to overthrow the government and start fixing everything the way he wants it. Yeah. You know, they, they said that the one thing he's done really good recently though, was the whole, uh, he, he, he has uh, filled up our oil reserve to the max. Apparently, we have – apparently, um, he's seen an opportunity and he took it to fill up. We have – we now have ships and ships just filled to the brim of oil. And we have just – our oil reserves are maxed out and even overly maxed, overmaxed. We have so much – And he, that is the reason why gas prices are finally – finally below a dollar 50 a gallon for the first time in 10 years now uh even though even though that is a good thing it's also it's uh so here's what happened with that ed ray i'm sure you you might not know the full story you you may know but if you don't know here let's let's talk about it now uh so saudi arabia and russia had a big oil dispute okay and they they were trying to crash I mean, they were trying to crash us with oil, and they were manipulating the value of oil, okay? And uh, that dispute is what's leading to a lot of uh, oil jobs right now are firing people. They're laying people off. People are, you know, quitting. However, what they did not see coming was when Trump, seeing what they were doing, he said, fine, yeah, okay, great, it's cheap. And he sat there, he bought he bought all their oil and, and filled up our reserves. And so now we have, if anything does happen crazy, we now have a stockpile of reserves. They're like, oh, you can't do this. It's like, what do you mean? You're the one that sold it for this cheap. Uh, we, we were trying to, they were trying to crash our economy. And like they are hurting, they are somewhat hurting uh, oil companies in general. But we are now at a energy uh we're not at we're at an energy surplus now <laughs> and so uh, it's, it was awesome that he took that uh took the initiative to make us 
uh, energy surplus country. We're no, uh, we, we actually, apparently we have enough oil now to be dependent, but he said he's going to let the, uh, let the market try to handle it uh, for a little while longer and see if the market can uh, uh, fix itself. Well, I'll say there's another thing that President Trump has done, and the media hasn't been able to talk about this, is that he's finally working on building the wall separating America from Mexico. <laughs> is he really building it? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's built maybe 200, 300 miles worth of walls so far. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's that's kind of silly. <laughs> that's pretty, <laughs> maybe is that where all the jobs are going to, the job? <laughs> Uh, That's probably every, where the essential jobs are going to because we got to keep the illegals out of America because if they're not going to have their papers, they don't deserve to come to our country. We need to send uh, Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura down there to fight them off. You know, what you going to do, brother, when the Hulkster runs you back to the opposite side of the wall? <laughs> Right, that was amazing. Oh, that was good. That was good shit. That was good shit. Oh man. And another thing about this whole coronavirus situation, whether you want to admit it or not, the air in many cities have become much cleaner. I mean, I've seen picture comparisons of Chinese cities before and after the coronavirus and how clean the air is. I've actually seen pictures of Denver and Los Angeles with cleaner air. And apparently Houston's got cleaner air, too, with the whole uh, lockdown situation going on. And New York's, uh, New York's air is becoming a whole lot cleaner, but still not clean enough to make a difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. It's just crazy. Crazy stuff. Anyways, you want to talk about some lighter stuff, Ed Ray? We got some lighter news to chat about. Not news, but lighter chat in general. Uh, this is... This is more of around the beer. So uh, not the mama IPA, not the mama. When I hear not the mama Ed Ray, I think of a, of a classic TV series that aired on ABC from 1991 to 1994. You know what that show was, Ed Ray? Dinosaurs. Dinosaur, you knew it. <laughs> Dude, I was around before you. I should know these things. <laughs> oh, dinosaur. Yeah, it reminds me of dinosaurs, man. I love I love that. You know, for the longest time, I don't know why I thought that. Uh, why did I think it came on MTV? Apparently, it came on ABC, but I don't know why. For the longest time, I thought that it came on MTV, but maybe that was just a big misunderstanding, a mistake on my part. Uh but anyways, yeah, I want to talk about. Uh, did you did you like dinosaurs when it was on? Oh yeah, it was pretty good for the time. Yeah, this is. I mean, it was it was a fun show. I mean, it was kind of like it was kind of dark. It was kind of dark. Uh, it was like a, it was a weird. It's like a weird family sitcom. It looks like it's supposed to be for kids, but it was like murder and and like dinosaurs eating other dinosaurs, and it was just kind of like a. It was kind of scary, you know. The Triceratops was really scary. Every time the Triceratops would come on screen, I'd get, get scared. <laughs> the Triceratops, he was a, uh, uh, <laughs> he was he's pretty scary dude, man. Uh, 
and then uh who was all in there i want to i want to check out where where are these people now let's see earl 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 sinclair was played by stuart pankin he was in honey we shook ourselves arachnophobia uh curb your enthusiasm been a lot of stuff man that uh Earl was good. Uh, let's see. Stuart Packin. Then we got Jessica Walter. She's uh, she's still alive. <laughs> Jessica Walter. Uh, Jason Willinger. Uh, Robbie Sinclair. Zebrahead. A goofy movie. Uh, Champs. Then we got Sally Sally Struthers. Yeah, Sally. the same. The same actress from All in the Family back in the 1970s. Ah, oh, yes, I see that. She played Carol O'Connor. Wait, what? The daughter of Wait Archie and Edit. Let's Bunker. see. Carol O'Connor played Archie Bunker. Sally Struthers played Gloria Stivic. Oh, okay. She was okay. She played yeah. She played the daughter of Archie and Edith. Yep, she was the liberal nut job that was married to a communist. Oh my goodness gracious, dear me. She really a Polish, was. A Polish-American communist by the name of Michael Stivic, played by Rob Reiner. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, you are, are you a big uh, All in the Family uh, fan? Yeah, I'm a fan of Archie Bunker. <laughs> Why? I thought, I thought he was a joke character. But his points still hold weight. Well, well, what's his name from that talk show said that if you like Archie Bunker, then you're a bad person. Who is it? Uh, what's his name? He he's doing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire now. He's the new uh, he's the new Who Wants to Be a Millionaire host. What's his fucking Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Who's the new host? Where is he? Where's this guy? Uh, where uh, Who Wants to Be? I'm just looking. I'm looking at him right now. What's his fucking name? I can't. Um, he, I'm looking at this guy's face, and yet I cannot think. Jimmy Kimmel. It was Jimmy Kimmel. There we go. Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. Who wants to be a millionaire? Yes, he just started last week. Jimmy Kimmel. What a joke he is. <laughs> so I'd do rather, you? <laughs> I would rather watch a 300-pound Marlon Brando. Spout nonsense on Larry King's on Larry King's show from the 1990s, then watch Jimmy Kimmel on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. In fact, I'd rather watch Regis Philbin return to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire just for one episode. <laughs> I know why. I don't know why they picked Jimmy Kimmel. Like, what the fuck, man? That's, that's such a weird choice. I guess because he's a he's a talk show host, but I mean, Jimmy Kimmel does not seem like somebody that I'd want on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. Because Jimmy Kimmel makes Drew Carey look like Bob Barker when it pertains to game show hosting. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> who played the baby? Uh, Kevin clash uh, paid the baby. Oh, what is this? Wait one second. Kevin clash is a puppeteer. He is a puppeteer. Abuse, abuse allegations and resignation from Sesame Workshop. I did not know that Baby Sinclair has abuse allegations. Let's see what this says. In November 2012, 
23-year-old Sheldon Stevens allege that he had been in a sexual relationship with Clash that began when Stevens was 16. Sesame Workshop had initially been presented with the allegation in June, and its investigation found the allegation to be unsubstained. Clash acknowledged that he had been in a relationship with the accuser. However, he said the relationship was between consenting adults. Stephen later recanted his accusation, but two weeks later, another accuser, Cecil Singleton, made similar accusations and lawsuits were filed by attorney Jeffrey Herman against Clash. Clash resigned from Sesame Workshop on November 20, 2012, and released a statement saying, Personal matters have diverted attention away from the important work Sesame Street is doing and I cannot allow to go on any longer. I am deeply sorry and looking forward to resolving these personal matters privately. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Baby Sinclair, Baby Sinclair had sexual relations with a young adult. <laughs> oh God. And, and, and they were, they were dudes, right? So that means he's homosexual. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. So, uh, <laughs> So, uh, yes, yes, Ed Ray, the uh, baby Sinclair, he played Elmo. Elmo was he was Elmo from 1983 to 2012. So, so basically, he bastardized Elmo for everybody. Yeah, so Elmo was gay. Uh, <laughs> baby Fats Domino, Benny Rabbit, Billy Idol, Chip Chip Cat, uh, Hoots the Owl. Uh, Paul Pencil, Warren Wolf, Watson, Wolfgang, The Seal. <laughs> They're all gay. <laughs> Bebop Bunny, uh, Fiery from the uh, movie The Labyrinth. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did not. I did not expect to dig this up, Ed Ray. This is uh, this is very interesting. Uh, it's very messed up, is what it is. I didn't know Emma was gay. Now, I guess it makes sense to have that voice. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, dude, he's been, he was in all the fucking movies. He was in all the Elmo movies, dude. He was in uh, The Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland. That was a big fucking movie. That came out in theaters. That movie was so big. He, <laughs> so he was Elmo. He was Elmo. He was the original Elmo. He was Elmo for the longest time. That's so crazy. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah. So, everyone, Elmo, Elmo was gay. That is now confirmed. He wasn't a child. He was just a homo. <laughs> uh, next up, we have, who else have we got? We got uh, Ethel Phillips. Who is that? Oh, the grandma. Oh, she died in 2003. Uh, Florence Stanley. Florence Stanley uh, did a couple of stuff. It's not saying what she did, is it? Uh, her film her film roles began in Up the Down Staircase, uh, The Prisoner of Second Avenue, Bernie Fish, then uh, Trapped in Paradise. She did a few things before she uh, passed. Passed in two thousand three. I don't know how she died. Let's see. She died of a stroke. Died of a stroke at the age of seventy nine. Goodness. Uh, then we got Roy. Uh, Roy Hess, that's uh, that's the friend, I believe, of uh, that's that main friend, Sam McCurry. Uh, he was in the King of Queens, he's a supervisor in the King of Queens, he's in Freaks and Geeks filmography. 
He's in the front using Sydney Chud, raising Arizona, raised male heterosexual dance hall, uh, <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Wizard, LA Story, Stone Cold, Adam's Family Values, uh, Dear God, Baby Geniuses, uh, Lucky Numbers. He's been a, he's been in quite a bunch of stuff that actor i i can't remember i i hear the voice you know i know the voice i just i can't see who he is so it's uh anyways uh one of people's favorite oh that was him that was okay uh sherman sherman hemsley played the tra- uh triceratops Sherman Hemsley, an actor who was the star of the Jeffersons in the 1970s. Yeah, dude, he played. He played. <laughs> so even after the Jeffersons, Sherman Hemsley still found work. Yeah, so that's I gotta give the man props. I I did not know that he was the Triceratops, but now like if I'm hear the voice, man, that he he did a good job voicing that though. Like he was able to change his voice enough to where you did not, you couldn't hear him. That's fucking. I mean, he's a good. He's a good actor, man. That's good shit. Good shit. But yeah, he was in. Um, he was George. He, he was known for his role as George Jefferson uh, on the CBS television series All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Oh, did he? De- did he debut in All in the Family? Nineteen seventy-three, and then two years later, the Jeffersons came to be. Oh, oh, that's very interesting. I did not know that it. Uh, I didn't know. I did not know that the Jeffersons was a spinoff. Yep, All in the Family created a series of spinoffs, but the Jeffersons was the most popular. What were uh, what were the other spinoffs? Another thing I can uh, I could think of off the top of my head was uh, uh, Maud from uh, nineteen seventy two, I think, with B. Arthur. It was B. Arthur's first uh, first uh, television role. And that was 13 years before the Golden Girls. Jeez, yeah. Uh, so I said jeez because I'm seeing what Superior... So what the fuck? Where did I go? Superior Vaughn. What's it say? Hem- Hemsley was a shy and intensely private man. He avoided Hollywood limelight. And his personal life was public knowledge beyond the facts that he never married and he had no children. In 2003, however... He granted a rare video interview uh, to the archives. Uh, it, uh, playing George Jefferson was hard for him, but he was the character who had to do it. Uh, he died at his home in El Paso at the age of 74. The cause of death was given as superior vena cava syndrome, a complicated association with lung and bronchial carnosis. So basically, George, I mean, basically Sherman Hemsley smoked himself to death Yes. And after he died, we found out that he actually had a girlfriend that was taking care of him towards his death. So that already disproves the theory that Sherman Hemsley was a homosexual. <laughs> God. Was that a was that a theory? Yeah, it was. And the story about Sherman Hemsley having a girlfriend didn't come out until after he died, and it was his girlfriend that was trying to get him buried with uh with military honors, but there was some family from Philadelphia, like maybe a brother of Sherman Hemsley that was trying to have his dead body sent back to Philadelphia, but the girlfriend disputed it, and that's why Hemsley had the military service in El Paso. Wow. That's pretty crazy. 
pretty crazy, man. And these actors, man, they they do a lot of stuff. These older older actors, man, they used to older actors did more than just act. That's the thing, man. They were like these big people, man. They're big personalities. They were they were actual humans. So I feel like I feel like actors today they come from a fucking factory or something. Goddamn Illuminati factory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I guess last up on the list of a throw. This is just this is more of a throwback episode. Just looking back at this uh, at the show and see where they are now. Uh, last person on my list is Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney, who was the star of uh, Law and Order SVU. He was yes. the of Elliot Stabler. Yeah, well, he played Spike. He was Spike in uh <laughs> in dinosaurs so spike in dinosaurs he uh he was in clean slate he was in 12 monkeys he was in money talks uh man of steel 42 i am wrath uh snatched uh some tv shows first in 10 when will i be loved the finale boys he was in dinosaurs from 91 night yeah he was a uh, spike uh uh something to live for uh, the Boys, Golden Gate, A Dangerous Affair, Misery Loves Company, NYPD Blue from 1996 to 97, uh, The Last Dawn, Leaving L.A. Every Nine Seconds, uh, Law & Order, Special Victims Unit, 1999 to 2011. So that's where he got his big uh, – big, that's his big – that's what he's known for, huh? The Law and Order special. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then after he left SBU, he became big uh, with roles involving Marvel. Marvel? Yeah, I don't know how many Marvel movies he's been in, but is he, that's is why he, he left SBU. Let me, let me see. I don't believe it. Comedy, Bang Bang, Veep, Surviving Jack, uh, Twilight Zone, Family Guy, Handmaid's Tale, Happy... Oh, he, I didn't know he did the – he was the main role in Happy. He's, yeah, he's the main character that weird show, Happy, where he talks to a fucking uh, – an animated cow thing. <laughs> uh, uh, Harley Quinn what's, – what's the movie's at? He was in uh, Sin City. He's not in Marvel. He's not in a, he's not in a Marvel role. Well, then – yeah, that's weird. I don't know what you're saying to me. I think I think I think you're getting him confused with somebody else. Maybe I'm confusing him with Batista. No, no, I I know who you're. I know I do know who you're confusing him with though. Uh, Agent Coulson, I think. Let me figure out who that guy is though. Agent Coulson is Phil Coulson, played by Clark Gregg. So I think you're getting him confused with Clark Gregg. They look similar. They have a very similar look. Uh, Clark Clark Gregg was in stuff. He was in stuff. He was in. Where did he start off at? Let's see where he started off at. Uh, New Adventures of Christine. The West Wing. So the main the main character in the West Wing is is in the Marvel movies. Could you could you have possibly? Oh look, and he he did a few episodes in Law and Order, but yeah, he was in the West Wing. Do you think uh, you might have got those confused, or do you even watch? <laughs> do you do you even watch West Wing? West Wing hasn't been on in a long time, so I, how could I watch it? I guess not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was in uh, 2001 to 2004 is when the West Wing 
was around. But yeah, that's where uh, that's where Clark Gregg was famous for. But yeah, they 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 have a very similar look. I can um I can get them both uh, confused with one another. Uh, I didn't know he was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. What what, what he play in Fear and Loathing? That's weird. Film, television, uh, video games. Been in video games. Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Oh, man, Ed Ray. Time flies, Ed Ray. All these people are dead from our childhood. <laughs> Everyone's dying and old from <laughs> these people. People that entertained us are, are dead, Ed Ray. And now it's our now it's our time. Now it's our turn to make entertainment for people. Yep, and it's failing. <laughs> Ed Ray, that's that's just your opinion. And that's fine. Because all we have to wait. Wait one second. This Not the Mama IPA is a solid. This is a, this is a nine, I think. This is an eight or nine. 8.8. This beer is an 8.8. This is a really good beer. I almost want, I almost want to give it a 10 because it's, it's super good. This is a really good hazy. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.8. Uh, just because it doesn't have anything I haven't tasted before. It just doesn't really, it's, it's nothing new, but it's, it's, it, they, what they do is really well with it. It's nothing new. It's kind of the same hazy I've had before, but really good. And that's just our opinion. And that's fine. Cause all we have here are opinions and beer. We are a millions in Philly. Oh, to the pride for more of.